Welcome to No Red Pen, the podcast that helps teachers make the most of technology in their classroom. I'm your host, Tom Mullaney, and this week we're talking about the Google for Education Level 1 and Level 2 certification exams. Let's go. So welcome to 2022. I hope this finds you safe and well. Obviously a lot going on. And I wanted to take an episode and just talk about the Google for Education Level 1 and Level 2 exams for teachers. I recently took both of these exams, so I want to share some thoughts on what you can expect and answer the question, are they too easy? We'll get there in a minute. And when it comes to Google Level 1 and Level 2, if you're a teacher considering doing this, I think a big reason why a lot of teachers do this or take these exams and get these certifications, and you see a lot of teachers with level one and level two badges in their email signature, is teaching is not a profession where there are a lot of awards, a lot of honors and distinctions and prizes, right? It's not a competitive event. You're not going to win regional salesperson of the year. You're not gonna have the highest sales. Test scores, I mean, come on, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know any teacher really who takes pride in, oh, on these silly standardized tests, this is how my kids did. It's silly. It's That's not a real acclaim. And then you have a company like Google, which is a giant company. It is well-respected. It, everyone knows, your mom knows what Google is, right? And so to be able to say, yeah, I earned a Google certification, There's a lot of prestige in that. And I think that's why a lot of teachers say, hey, I use these Google tools. I might as well be certified in them. Now, I was first encountered Google certifications years ago in the year 2014. And I'll give you just a quick overview of what brought me to this. I'm not going to spend the whole episode on this. But in 2014, in that spring, my principal came to me and he said, Tom, your schedule next year, you're going to teach ninth and 10th grade, but we're also throwing you over to the middle school for a period. They have too many eighth graders, so you're teaching a period over there. And by the way, eighth and ninth graders next year are going to have Chromebooks. It's going to be a one-year trial here at the the district. And this kind of opened my eyes. I said, oh my goodness, how cool would this be? And the other thing I thought was, there is no way anyone's going to walk into my classroom and see those Chromebooks tucked away underneath my kids' desks, not doing that. This is a heck of a resource and we're going to use it. We're gonna use the heck out of it. And so that summer I went, I learned as much as I could and Google had what was then called the Google Educator. So I think they had Google Certified Trainer, they had Google Educator, which you could take a test and pass. And then what was later the Google Certified Innovator Program was I think then called the Google Certified Teacher Program. So it was a little confusing. But, and I will post the link to this in the show notes, I earned my Google Educator certification, and it says Tom Mullaney for passing the Google Educator certification exams for the following products, Google Apps, remember they were called Google Apps, and and it says Chromebook. And it's kind of funny because Chromebooks really are not part of the Google Level 1 and Level 2 exams today. I took that certificate, I plopped it on the desk of my high school principal, and the same with my middle school principal, and both of them were very impressed. 
And the middle school principal actually was so impressed that she said, you know, Tom, we're in Pennsylvania, we have these Act 48 hours, and we let teachers, we encourage teachers to do trainings and professional development sessions after school, and they can count for Act 48 hours. And based with the union contract, this was something they didn't have at the high school, they had it at the middle school, so it was a whole thing, but all good and negotiated by the union. And so I started doing ed tech professional development sessions after school at the middle school. And you know, it happened maybe once or twice a month, different topics. And that's what got me started doing professional development, doing instructional coaching, all because a principal believed in me and believed in me in large part because of the certificate from Google that I was able to show her. And then it was in 2015, they changed it to level one and level two. And then, uh, and they changed Google Certified Teacher to Google Certified Innovator. And now if you wanna be a Google Certified Innovator, you have to have at least passed level two. And if you wanna be a Google Certified Trainer, you have to have passed level one, level two. And there's also a trainer certification test that they give you as well. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. So recently, and this is probably about September of this school year, so September, 2021, Google said, we're now going to make it so that both tests are 35, essentially multiple choice questions. I'll break down what the questions are soon. And this spurred a lot of consternation amongst people I know in ed tech. The reason being is that the previous setup was if you wanted to take a level one or level two test, you were emailed new credentials that were your testing credentials and you would do tasks using these credentials. You know, these credentials would have access to Google Drive and Google Docs and Sites and Classroom and all this stuff. And you would do tasks in addition to some multiple choice questions. And so, and you know, to do that, you had to sign into an incognito window. And, I, and it caused, it was a big pain point, lots of confusion, as you might imagine. And I will say, if you're a teacher using Google Workspace, using an incognito window and using an account that you're only going to use one time. These are not regular everyday skills that you need to master. So it's not like that was helping. And so in September of 21, Google said, hey, we're just doing multiple choice and you can do it with your own account. And by the way, if you sign up to take one of these exams, please, please, please do use your personal Gmail account, not your school. Just like any certification you have in education, it should be tied to you not your school, if that makes sense. Now, I've heard a lot of people say this is too easy. And I will say, as someone who's, I've had a lot of education certifications over the years. I remember how hard it was for me to transfer my New York special education certification to Pennsylvania special education certification, but I did it. I learned that process in and out. And if someone were to come to me all these years later and say, hey, guess what, Tom? Pennsylvania made it a lot easier. Now there's a lot less hoops to, to jump through, and I moved from New York to Pennsylvania, and it was a lot easier for me. And, I by, and if that person had taught in New York, and they had an easier time than I did get, attaining that certification in Pennsylvania, bravo, good for you. I don't begrudge them that. And that's something I will say. I don't like gatekeeping. I don't like this idea that it should be hard or onerous to, especially for a level one and level two certification. These are not Google for Education's elite certifications. You have 
Google Certified Trainer, which is a lot more effort and you really have to know your stuff. And Google Certified Innovator, which is even more, right? That those, you know, this is Google level one and level two, and there's no cutoff. They can you just, do you meet the standard, yes or no? And as many teachers as meet the standard, will get the certifications. I personally don't like gatekeeping. Having said that, that raises a question. Can anyone just walk in off the street and pass a multiple choice test and get their Google level one and level two? Let's talk about that later when we talk about the nitty gritty about the test. But that is something that we do have to address. We can't be so easy that anyone can get it because then it's meaningless. Okay, so if you want to take these exams, and I'll put the link to register, you know, where all this information is in Google for Education's website. Each exam is 35 questions. The level one is $10. The level two is $25. With the questions, you're going to have some options. You're going to have typical multiple choice questions. You're also going to get, please select all that apply. Now, these can be nerve wracking, but there's something that you should know. If it says, please list all the ways, let's say, all the ways that Steph Curry is better than Michael Jordan, bad example, and it lists five, and then it will say, pick the three that are correct. It will give you the number. So any of those where it's like, pick from a list, it will tell you the number at once, because I know that's nerve wracking, you know, select all that apply, but you don't know the number that applies. It will tell you, pick two that are right, pick three that apply, so those are nice. And then there's matching, which is typically instructional use, Google app. <laughs> you know, here's a list of Google apps, here's a list of instructional uses, and then click and drag the, to match the app and the instructional use. Additionally, there's kind of what I'll call order of operations, but it's not mathematical. It's you want to accomplish this task using some Google for Works, Workspace for Education tool. Arrange the steps in order and you click and drag. Now, I will say when you take level one and level two, when you click and drag, there is a bit of a pregnant pause from when you actually do it to when the items move. So if you go into the test, just know if I'm clicking and dragging, there'll be that like one second pause. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. So those multiple choice, select all that apply and essentially matching are the three question types you'll see. Uh, from there, know that your webcam is on. Don't worry about the webcam. And by the way, you have three hours to complete each of the exams. So you have plenty of time. And we'll talk more about time in a second, especially as it relates to 35 multiple choice questions. So your webcam is on and it's taking pictures of you. Don't worry about that. You can get up and go to the bathroom. The only thing I think they really care about is, you know, if you're at home and your significant other <laughs> sits down at the computer and that's another person, that that's not there. I'm sure that will flag something bad. But it's on. It's a your really small window with your webcam. Didn't really distract me when I took them. There is a clock that has a timer with the you know three hour countdown timer. I will say this: I like that it was very small. It was not like the clock at the end of a round on Chopped. It was very inconspicuous. You could go and look, but it was so small that it did not distract and it did not get me pressured or anything like that. Another thing is you want to, when you open your exam, 
It will come in and you register and then within a day or two you get the link. It will open in a new Chrome tab. You're going to want it in Google Chrome. Right click on the tab and then pin uh, and just click pin. I never use this feature because it makes the tab itself very small in the very top of Google Chrome which I don't like, but at the same time, you cannot X out of it. You it kind of, there, that little X in the tab goes away. And so that way you don't click out of it. And apparently if you close that tab, you have like five minutes to get back or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but you have a little time to get back. But if you pin it, you can't accidentally close it. Of course, if you accidentally close it, the only, I'm not a big fan of Chrome, you know, short keyboard shortcuts. I don't use them for much, you know, control P to print, control F to find. But one that I really, really like is Control-Shift-T. Control-Shift-T reopens whatever the last Google Chrome tab you closed was. So when you accidentally close something, Control-Shift-T saves the day. That one I really like. Now I want to talk about something that relates to are these tests too easy? And that's the fact that these exams are open book. Yeah, you have three hours to do 35 questions. Of course you can bring up another tab. And apparently, as best I understand, Google does not discourage this. And I did that during my exams. I'd say, oh, what is it? Or I might go to the help community of a different app if I had a really specific question, if I'm going through that. And you can do that. And what I will say is this, is that if I'm a teacher and I'm completely using Microsoft and I hear, oh yeah, tomorrow, uh, we're going to Google or next school year, we're going to Google. And I just want to get this certification. If I've never touched Google before, if I don't use Google Workspace with any kind of regularity, I can open up as many tabs as I want during this test. I can go researching it and Googling it. And I'll tell you right now, I won't know where to look. I won't know what means what. You know, all this stuff has its own vocabulary. We don't even realize the kind of vocabulary that we learn anytime we learn any kind of computer programs like Google Workspace, right? So to me, if you're a teacher and you use Google Workspace regularly in your classroom practice, then you will figure out, oh, okay, I need to go double check in this app. Is that how you would do that? Uh, when it comes to the instructional stuff, you'll just you'll you'll probably make those connections. Pretty, you know, if it's instructional use questions, you'll probably make those connections. But if you need to dive in or double check something, you'll know where to look. And to me, if a teacher is using Google Workspace regularly, then I don't see the need to burden them with a testing account and open a new incognito tab and all this complication and pain points. To me. The tests still are rigorous and they measure just that. Do you use Google Workspace? Are you familiar with it? It's level one and level two. It is not trainer, it is not innovator. So no, the Google level one and level two exams, even though they are multiple choice and open book, they are not too easy. Now I'm gonna close off today with just a little commentary on things I noticed in the exam. I did notice for a couple of questions. So on level one, uh, I think I saw a question where something had changed in an app and they were asking about the order of operations and very technically the steps to do, to do a task had changed because of a little change Google had made this fall. And I caught that and I knew enough to not panic 
and just say, oh, okay, let me answer this question. Great. I know what they're, they're asking it from before that little fall update. Another On level two, I had one where uh, a name of a certain tool in a Google Workspace app had changed and the test didn't account for that. So I hope they update the, those things. I don't want to give away too much. There is a non-disclosure agreement that you agree to at the beginning of each test. Although when I clicked on both, both went to a 404 page. So who knows what I'm, you know, not what the non-disclosure agreement was. Um, but that that may happen. Like I said, it happened about one, once or twice uh, in in the tests that I took. So this is not going to be a big thing. But if that happens, I don't want you to, to freak out and panic. Just understand, oh, yeah, they recently changed that. So the question isn't quite up to date. Um, other things, if you notice, Google Groups, when it comes to Google Workspace and education and the level one, level two tests, Google seems to think that Google Groups is a thing that teachers use regularly. <laughs> Classroom eliminated the need for that. I don't know why Google Groups is still a thing in, in you know measuring teachers level one and level two uh, ability to use Google Workspace. So I would just I would like to see that go away. The other thing I'm going to say that I wasn't too excited to see was there's definitely a number of questions about Gmail and Calendar. And I just when I think about instruction and classroom instruction and doing new and innovative things, I don't think about any kind of email app. I don't think of any calendar app. Now, when you're not in the classroom, I personally now work as a consultant. Google Gmail and Calendar are my lifeline. That's how I organize everything. But as a classroom teacher, I have a bell schedule. And email is, you know, Gmail, I like Gmail a ton more than Outlook, but I just, I don't, I don't see how it relates to really teaching students. So I would, I'd cut down on those. And I will also say there are districts that make a poor choice uh, of having Outlook with Google Workspace. I wish districts didn't do that, but that's something that would put those teachers at a disadvantage because they're taking a test that's asking them questions about Gmail, which they don't use in their work practice. They might have a personal Gmail account, which they can check. But uh, so that's something uh, I don't like. Um, but overall, you know, you take the test, you find out right then. It's Again, it's, it's another improvement. You find out right then and there, did you pass? Did you not pass? And then it takes them a day or two to actually send you the credential where you get the PDF. And okay, I have this PDF that says I'm Google level one or Google level two. So that is my rundown. I hope this was useful. And if you want pro professional development for your school on passing the Google level one and Google level two exams, well, hey, I'm level one, level two trainer, innovator. Uh, I would be happy to work with your school on that kind of professional development. You can go to tommelaney.com slash consulting. Go to tommelaney.com slash podcast for the show notes. I'll link to my old Google Educator Certificate so you can see the real deal and also to where you can register for the Google Level 1 and Level 2 exams. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast, please rate, especially in Apple Podcasts. That will be very helpful for spreading the word. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe.